2: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Saints Hour. I am Mike Haas, along with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis, and we begin the show with what everybody is talking about today, and that is the tragic incident with a rather innocuous play. Last night, Buffalo's DeMar Hamlin injured CPR on the field, and Mickey, it, it puts football into perspective, and we're not thinking about anything right now except Damar Hamlin and and prayers and thoughts for him and his family.
3: Yeah, uh, absolutely, Mike. And, and we've heard a number of people, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, through different media outlets express um, their thoughts uh, uh, about, you know, what they saw last night. And certainly our prayers uh, are with Damar and his family, uh, as well as the teams involved and, and really the entire team. Um, uh, football family across the, uh, you know across the nation, so we want to be respectful of that, um, and just you know pray for the best.
2: You know it's it's tough to fathom, and we're not going to speculate on anything except for what we know. And while we're praying for him, we watched the response last night, and and the mechanisms and the medical staffs that that both teams have, and that every stadium has, and the response. Last night, by by those that personnel, because it's not a matter of minutes as we learned; it's a matter of seconds. And and I just think that medical attention was was crucial and uh, something that that every NFL stadium. And it's it's irrespective of which side you're on, which player it is. It's get there fast.
3: Yeah. Look. Obviously, you never want to see that on display, um, and yet. Uh, we have seen it in the past. We've seen, you know, um, the medical people and the emergency people respond to different circumstances and situations. And, and um, you know, I, I know that at each of these stadiums, you know, the medical people are the uh, absolute best at their jobs. And, and uh, I think that was evident again last night.
2: Yes, continued prayers from WWL Radio and all of the stations along the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints radio network. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Saints Hour. Mike Hoss along with the Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. After two straight uh, tough ones uh, up in Philly, you go to Philly who needed a, this wasn't a Philly team that didn't need to win. They needed that win badly to secure the top seed. There's only one Top seed. You go up there, you win 20 to 10. And we know how the Eagles had run against the Saints in the previous two matchups, but only 67 yards and you win your third straight and, and, and you do what you can do uh, and have done so in the final three of the four games.
3: Yeah, that look, that was encouraging um, to go up there and, and win a game. You know, you, you mentioned it. We've, uh, the last few times we've been up there has been t- pretty tough on us. Look, they're a good football team and, and uh, had the best record uh, in football, and so there's a reason for that. I thought that uh, that first half of of, uh, of the game is the best football we've played all year, both offense, defense, and special teams. It was a dominant performance in the first half, and um, not as dominant in the second half, obviously, but, but we've made enough plays to... To close out the game and really, just really proud of our coaches and players.
2: Yeah, that first half. I mean, four, three, and outs consecutively for your defense. I don't, you know, that the first drive, fifteen plays, seventy-five yards, almost nine minutes. You know, we always hear about this, you know, offense, you know, scripted plays of like fifteen. And I, I don't know if that's true or not, but if it is, I man, I, that's I'd keep that script. Yeah, that
3: was a good script. Uh, um... You know the the quarterback started out 15 for 15, and look, we had 247 yards to their 61. We had 22 and a half minutes of possession time to their seven, and uh, it was just really dominant. Uh, obviously, we would like to have closed out a couple of those drives with touchdowns as opposed to field goals, but um, it was just just uh, you know dominating in terms of offense as well as defense, and and uh, and the special teams contributed as well. So. That was good to see. It's you know, whenever you see a half like that, your your first thoughts are, well, that's what we can be. You know, that's that's the type of team that we have the potential to be. And and uh, um, it wasn't their best game. They didn't play their best game. But I like to think that that was uh, uh, in large part because of uh, the way our team played.
2: Yeah, I think it also indicates the the thin line between kind of where you guys are from a record-wise, just record-wise, in in Carolina. Because, uh, you know, on Sunday, you know, the turnover margin was even, but their turnover was a pick six. Uh, Your turnover might have prevented you from scoring more, but so the turnovers were different. And then false start, false start, false start. It's It's a fine line between victory... And, and defeat, and that game was a perfect example for a team that was 13-2 and two against a team coming in at 6-9. and nine.
3: Yeah, we, listen, we've talked about that in the past, and, and uh, you know, the, the turnovers. I think at the end of the season, when we look back, we're going to look back at the turnovers and, and point to that. Um, that is the major reason why we weren't able to accomplish what uh, our goals were. Um, and it's an area that, that, uh, that we can correct. And, and, and look, part of that is, is the takeaway feature of that as, as much as it is, the turnovers is look a year ago, I, I, I believe we had 25, um, takeaways and this year we've had, you know, I think 12, 11, 12, somewhere in that vicinity. So that, that's a significant difference from year to year and they come in bunches, um, but we didn't have the the bunch come uh, uh, this season like we've had in the past.
2: Were you how because the Saints went through this last year with the victory in Atlanta, then waiting for the Rams in San Francisco? How how closely were you kind of keeping tabs on Carolina at at the same time?
3: Yeah, look, we we're watching those games very closely, and and uh, it didn't go our way, but. You know, that's what happens when you when you put your fate into the hands of others is, is uh, they don't always come through for you. So um, it is what it is. Um, it's not going to change how we approach this week. We're gonna we're gonna do everything we can to win this game, and and uh, uh, it would be it would be a good thing for us to you know finish the season with four straight victories and and gain some momentum going into this off season.
2: Not to mention, and maybe this is just me as a fan, because just, you have to look at this record. You know, we're going to talk about the record until the draft, from the draft to training camp, eight and nine, and and seven and ten feel to me like miles apart.
3: Yeah, well, it's one game. I know, but, I, know
2: I know, I know. But I'm saying it, it feels. Sounds, it
3: sounds better, certainly, <laughs> um, but but uh, not up to our standard. Uh, Either one's not up to our standard, so that's. I think I'll leave it up. No, you're right.
2: That yeah, because the goal is the, the goal is the playoff. So yeah, we we get that. So, you watch Cam Jordan, uh, do his thing. He'd been somewhat quiet. Uh, he'd had a half a sack, and his last full sack was at Pittsburgh, and so he was kind of hanging around Ricky. But then boom, three sacks, uh, and really did a lot. He has to five tackles, four quarterback hits, uh, the forced fumble. And history, he's the you know the the new the new franchise leader. So, man, when when he gets like that, and the defense was like that all day, it it was fun to watch.
3: Yeah, um, you know, first of all, Cam Jordan has been just a model of consistency for us for um, however many years he's played at you know eleven or twelve, whatever it is. Um, It's really good to see him, uh, you know, have that club record. you know i i think cam's one of these guys that we've taken for granted over the years because look he never misses a game he's always there he's always playing well um there there's uh there's never any lows with him so uh it, it's, it's a great accomplishment um in a career of great accomplishments and and the good thing is i don't think he's he
2: Mar. but you gotta be available and you know be in that game and really it was the NFL's COVID rules and the fractured orbital that he wanted to play, but the team said, no, you're not, you're not playing. It's that kind right. of mentality. You can't keep me off the field. And it's kind of ironic that Cam's passing a guy who really had that same kind of embodiment.
3: Yeah. And, and, um, that, that's absolutely right for, you know, Cam has played to have played as long as he have and only missed two games. And you said it one was for COVID, um, is really really remarkable and and uh, look it's a credit to his work ethic and, and the conditioning that he does in the off season as uh, as well as some pretty good genetics I think.
2: Yeah, that's true. That is true. In fact, uh, we would have had two. We could have had two sets of brothers on the field. Had Kevin White been activated, it would have been Kevin and Kaiser and and Caden Ellis and his brothers. So that that would have been a, a rare one as well. More with Saints Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis as the Saints try and close out with a four-game winning streak. The Saints Hour continues after this on the Community Coffee,
0: New Orleans Saints Radio Network. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
2: We are speaking with Saints General Manager, Executive Vice President Mickey Loomis. Uh, It's been a long time since week five uh, and to get Marshawn Lattimore back, and I kind of felt like the Eagles winted him a little early to test to see how he was, but they uh, they went to the well too often because he he just waited and read, waited and read, and then made this the big pick six, which really was huge.
3: Yeah, look, it's, uh, first of all, it's great to have him back on the field, um, and. You know, I always feel like like uh, uh, when you're going at Marshawn, it's a double-edged sword because he's a really smart player, as well as being talented. And and uh, man, if he sees something that he can take advantage of, then he, he's gonna he's going to do that. And that's what happened. He recognized the play that was coming, and and uh, made a break on the ball, stepped in front of it, and it was a huge play for uh, uh, for us. And that. Uh, toward the end of that game because of the momentum swings that had happened and and uh, look really glad to have him back on the field.
2: And Carl Granderson, same kind of thing. We've seen flashes in the past, but it feels like, and this, you know, this is me, so take it for what it is, this is me, it feels like we're seeing a more consistent Carl Granderson week after week as opposed to flashes.
3: Yeah, I, you know, I think one of the, we've had a lot of injuries uh this season and as a consequence you know a lot of uh guys have had to step up and play uh and get more time than than probably what we expected the advantage of that is that they're developing and and uh we're discovering uh you know improvements in players that that we might not have seen otherwise, and Carl's in that category. His 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 play has improved as he's gotten more time, and he's been really productive. Uh, another one and a half sack uh, day for him, uh, along with again uh, you know, the huge play at the end of the game uh, a week ago, and and uh, you know we've seen that with some others. I think I think Caden Ellis is a guy that has, um, you know, made made big strides this season, along with Juwan Johnson, and and. Uh, um Rashid Shaheed um Alante Taylor uh, Paulson Adebayo we've just had a number of these younger players uh take advantage of the increased playing time and and the and the productions uh been there for those guys and it's going to bode well for us um you know going forward
2: yeah i was going to it feels like maybe there's still a game left with carolina and but i was going to ask at some point either this week or next but you must feel good about the young nucleus, and you you mentioned I think you know just about all. I mean, Trevor Penning, of course, Pete Werner. I mean, we could go on, but because like who's young? Like I still feel like you know Lattimore and Camara and and those those cats. I mean, in their, my world, they're they're still very young. But you must feel good about that the the nucleus that you have.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you yeah, know, there, there's a there's a core group of younger guys that have stepped up. Salavi, obviously, and. And, um, you know, there's, there's a number of guys I haven't even mentioned. Um, but, again, it's, it's, a, it's a benefit of, of playing, you know, through these injuries and having other guys step up, um, along with, you know, the benefit of getting the, uh, the veteran players back that have been hurt and, and that we know we can count on uh, going forward.
2: It was an interesting, I say weekend because the way the holiday fell, you played on Sunday, then LSU and Tulane play on Monday LSU uh, takes care of business pretty pretty quickly against Purdue 63 to 7 but when you need to watch two-lane football and what they did in a one-year turnaround and come back 16 points in the final four minutes to beat USC uh, college football in Louisiana and quite frankly the NBA in Louisiana uh, seems like it's in pretty good shape right now
3: yeah look I um- you know we've known Willie Fritz for uh, you know a good period of time. We know he's a really good coach. Um, you know they had a tough year last year, but this this has just been spectacular what he and his team have done this year. It's really inspiring and and for them to uh, go to the Cotton Bowl and and uh, and perform like they did. You know, look, they could have easily just been happy to have been there, and yet man, they came out and competed, um, got behind, never gave up, showed a lot of grit. Um, and, uh, you know, pulled off a spectacular victory. That was, uh, you know, look, we were in the office here cheering like crazy uh, for them. And uh, so that was exciting to see. LSU, they obviously um, had a great game. Um, Coach Kelly and his staff uh, and their players had a a great game plan and and took care of business against Purdue. It wasn't a great uh, coaching debut for uh, Drew Brees. (laughs) <laughs> um, but but we're, we're, we're excited about the LSU victory as well.
2: Um, it was interesting at the hotel where we were. It was New Year's Eve, but they have a little restaurant kind of thing. It's small. Uh, and so andy I was at the bar, of course. Andy Dalton was sitting at a table behind with his wife watching the TCU game. He was not at the bar. I was. I want to make that clear. But And so he's watching the game just like a a 16-year-old with his wife. I mean, he's living and dying with every play. And I remember sitting, there were two people to my right who were going to a wedding, and they, they were just sitting there. And behind them, they're watching TCU Michigan, like, you know, really fervently into the game. And behind them is the guy who probably puts TCU on the map. You know, his junior year, they go 12 and 1, senior year, 13 and 0. I mean, without Andy Dalton, I'm not really sure who knows where TCU is, but it's just, it was an interesting aspect. But to me, the coolest part was that, you know, Andy's been around since he was a number one draft pick in 2011, yet it's still a game, right? It's still, he's following that game like he was playing it, and that's a cool thing.
3: Yeah, well, look, you know, I think we all love the school that we went to, right? So we're all still rooting for them. and and uh, you know on top of that you always root for the underdog if you don't have you know a school in the game and and that was exciting to see TCU um, pull off that victory as an underdog and, and obviously great for Andy um, not so good for the Michigan alums that are on our team but but now um, it was fun it was a fun weekend of football um, and college football in the playoffs and some of the bowl games. Um, um, the hard yeah. part, you know, the the, the <laughs> hard, exactly all I have to say, the hard
2: I... part is going to be, how do you, you know, for Georgia and, and TCU, right? I mean, those two games were such, you know, uh, exciting theater. The hard part to me is going to be, how do, you, how do you maintain that and, and, and relive that, you know, next week sometime?
3: Yeah, it's going to be tough to live up to. I think this last weekend, those playoff games were probably the best two that they've had uh, since the playoffs started. Uh, it's going to be hard, hard to duplicate that. And yet, man, both these teams are going to be hungry, and, and uh, uh, it'll be fun to watch.
2: And finally, any, you know, I know the answer is going to be no, but get, getting this team up and ready for a Carolina game that, that doesn't have playoff implications for either team, yet yeah, it's a home game, and uh, maybe more so than anything, just finishing out what Dennis talked about post-Tampa, which is win the Final Four.
3: Yeah, look, I think you know one of the advantages of football is is that man, every game means something. Um, it means something to the players and coaches and the organization, and and uh, you know we're, we try to win every game that we play, and and I expect uh, that we'll do that again this weekend.
2: Well, good luck. It's uh, it's been a great three game streak with Atlanta. Then those back to back wins on the road. You you face the third leading rusher in the nfl and nick chubb then you face the fifth leading rusher and miles sanders and shut them both down so congrats and 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 you know good luck on sunday against the panthers thank you mike let's pause 10 seconds for stations to identify themselves on the community coffee new orleans saints radio network when we come back michael parenton director of pro personnel will join us he is a Thibodeau native and former Tulane player. The Saints Hour continues after this on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.